Hello, this is Pastor Trent. I want to welcome you to the Mountain Home Church, the Nazarene Sermon Podcast. We are thrilled that you are tuning in to hear sermons from our ministries here at our church. It is our hope that the Spirit of Christ would be present with you as you listen today. I do want to take just a moment to invite you to reach out and connect with us. On our website, we have a way for you to do just that. You can visit www.mhnazarene.org slash connect and fill out a very brief form. There's a spot to leave contact info, ask questions, and even to request prayer. Also, be sure to indicate that you listen to us through our SoundCloud podcast to let us know where you're listening. May the Lord be with you this day. Grace and peace to you. We love to laugh. We love to say jokes. Right? And as people in general, we love to talk, don't we? Talk, talk, talk. Political talk, sports talk, mom-to-mom talk, family talks. We like to dialogue. Some love to debate, and some just like to hear their own voice. (laughs) Not only do we like to talk in what we say, but we also like to talk or say something through text and social media. Did you know one-fifth of our lifetime is spent talking? And that doesn't include talking to ourselves. (laughs) And if you are one of many average people, okay, some resources say men will talk about 7,000 words a day and women will utter roughly around 20,000 I say with gusts of wind pushing that mark in a good conversation over a cup of coffee, that can easily be achieved, right? But I, this isn't in my notes. It was something that I witnessed last night on our way home. Um, there was a group of men within our congregation who texted for over an hour within their group, so I think they exceeded that 7,000 words for the day. And I give them kudos because they all did it in the love, and I have to say that it all had to do. Main conversation was over a fish. Right, Eric? Right. Okay. But amen to them for talking because that's a good thing for us to communicate. But regardless of the source, we know we speak a lot of words, and some of us less than others. I like to talk to my husband with hope of receiving close to the words back to me, but I find myself waiting and staring at him and waiting for a few words to kind of join into that conversation. But he's processing my words, and I guess that takes time. And today in the book of James, chapter 3, if you've been following along with us during our summer series, we have been following piece by piece and hearing James's letter. Last week, Pastor Trent asked us to complete the sentence, actions speak louder than words, right? And they should, right? They also should be in line with one another, for our actions and our words should be in alignment. And here today in James's letter, 
um, we're going to hear how the power of our words form and shape us and how they can cultivate our community. Because words matter. <laughs> For the tongue is accountable, the tongue is powerful, and the tongue is inconsistent. And God must have found what we say and the words that we speak pretty important because there are numerous passages in Proverbs as well as the Old and the New Testament that talk about the use of our words. Some people have a great gift of being able to speak outwardly, making good conversations and finding it easy to communicate. It's not a struggle for them. They can meet anyone and make a friend instantly. And I have several family members in, who find this very easy to do. My oldest granddaughter being one of them. Just recently when she was here visiting, we went to the, to the cone, the tropical cone shack over there. She wanted to make a friend so bad. This girl can talk. She sat right down and there was another girl on the other side of her instantly introduced herself, instantly told her life story, but asked questions of her newfound friend and found so much about her. She was determined she was going to make a friend. And by the end of it, she had known all along about her life. I was not one <laughs> at her age in grade school to start a conversation. In fact, I would get the marks and the notes on my report card of, She's a great listener, she always follows directions well, and she's very quiet. I was not the one who received a special little check mark to, to come have your parents come talk to the teacher for always talking in class. I wasn't one of them. That would have been my mother, okay? <laughs> she would have done that. But in high school, getting up in front of the class made me sick to my stomach. I'd begin to sweat and feel nauseous. My knees would feel like mush, and I felt like I was going to pass out at any moment. But my senior year, I took this class, and it introduced me to Toastmasters. Any of you familiar with that? It's, it's a group of professionals, right, or really anyone who can get together and work on skills for public speaking. Um, I don't believe I mastered it at all, but in my high school years, it at least helped me get over calming my nerves a little bit, which was very helpful as now I'm speaking up here in front of you many years later. But maybe you're a talker, maybe not. Some people just get it when it comes to talking. Others really don't care. <laughs> but today we're going to hear what James has to say. So out of the reverence and the reading of God's word, if you are able and willing, if you would please stand, we're going to be in James chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. Reading of God's word. My brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers, because we know that we teachers will be judged more strictly. We all make mistakes often, but those who don't make mistakes with their words have reached full maturity. Like a bridled horse, they can control themselves entirely. When we bridle horses and put bits in their mouths to lead them, wherever we want, we can control their whole bodies. Consider ships. They are so large and strong that strong winds are needed to drive them. But pilots direct their ships wherever they want with a little rudder. In the same way, even though the tongue is a small part of the body, 
it boasts wildly. Think about this. A small flame can set a whole forest on fire. The tongue is a small flame of fire, a world of evil at work in us. It contaminates our entire lives. Because of it, the circle of life is set on fire. The tongue itself is set on fire by the flames of hell. People can tame and already have tamed every kind of animal, bird, reptile, and fish. No one can tame the tongue, though. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it, we both bless the Lord and Father and curse human beings made in God's likeness. Blessing and cursing come from the same mouth. My brothers and sisters, it just shouldn't be this way. Both fresh water and salt water don't come from the same spring, do they? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree produce olives? Can a grapevine produce figs? Of course not. And fresh water doesn't flow from a salt water spring either. This is the word of God given to us, the people of God, and we say, thanks be to God. You may be seated. The tongue is quite an incredible part of the body. If you study it, if you're a doctor, it is a membrane, a muscle of only a few ounces, but it helps us to chew and to taste and to form words. And it contains many nerves and is anchored to the floor of our mouth. There's other muscles keep the tongue afloat with ligaments and other things I don't really care to understand. Kind of grossed me out, but it's a fascinating part of the body. So when we go to the doctor, what is one of the first things they say and do? Open your mouth and say, ah, right? Stick out your tongue and say, ah. And then what do they do? <laughs> that tongue compressor goes almost as far back <laughs> to uh, what you think you're going to swallow it. And if you have a gag reflex, oh, it's, it's a horrible experience, right? And yet, as strange as it seems, our tongues are a good indicator of our overall health. A pale tongue can indicate an iron deficiency. A dry tongue can point to dehydration. And a swollen red tongue can point to an infection in the body. I've even seen, personally, a black tongue that has shown a bleeding ulcer somewhere in the body. It's incredible. It's fascinating. But our tongues can also show and demonstrate our spiritual health and maturity, especially when it comes to matters of the heart. When we hear the word tongue in Scripture, we're referring to the words that are spoken from the tongue, what comes out or from the tongue in a spoken form. We heard Lita speak earlier in our native tongue, Spanish, and what a beautiful representation of God's spoken word for us to hear, amen? Words spoken in another language from our God who has us use words in many different expressions of art forms. There's no language barrier to God's spoken word. And Lita said from Jesus in Matthew 15, listen and understand it's not what goes into the mouth that contaminates a person in God's sight. It's what comes out that contaminates that person. Words are powerful. Words can be beautiful, 
in our language or another. They shape our relationships, define our plans, and convey our innermost thoughts and emotions. Words also reveal who we are to a very watchful world. Have you ever been so excited about something that you couldn't hold it in any longer? Are you one who can keep a good secret or are you bursting at the seams to share it, knowing you're not supposed to? Or perhaps you're someone who wants to create this large platform about something you're so passionate about on social media and you're looking for the followers. James starts us off a bit rough, right from the beginning. My brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers. Oh, well, let's remember back to what James just finished writing back at the end of chapter 2 last week. Faith without actions is dead. Well... <laughs> What better way to show our faith than to have that platform, James, to teach? Why would James tell us not to be teachers? Teachers are very good and a respectable profession. Teachers today, as we know in our congregation and throughout in our schools at all levels do good and they work very hard. Who wouldn't want to share what, what is one is passionate about and the excitement of what was taking place in their lives at that time? in their newfound churches. To be teachers of the word, God's word, he tells us in the very next sentence as to why not all should. Teachers are held more so to stricter standards. See, I believe James knew perhaps from his own experience when his mother asked Jesus for him and his brother to sit alongside Jesus, one on the right and one on the left, in his kingdom back in Matthew 20, 20 through 27. And after his mother um, had requested this to Jesus, Jesus replied after this, you don't know <laughs> what you're asking. James experienced the, the greed and the eagerness to have a prestigious platform of his own, he understood that rabbi and teacher was not one that was handed out to many, but their hearts, as James was seeing amongst those he was walking with and seeing within the churches, as James experienced was the danger of being zealous and wanting to have that honor. And so James, he holds them back for a moment, and he says, there's a great amount of weight that comes with what you speak about. And the weight that you carry as a rabbi teacher can cultivate either something good or can generate something unnecessary. Really. <laughs> Truly think about and seek God in knowing the right ambition of your heart. Basically, in other words, don't pursue, pursue the position if you are unwilling to embrace the responsibility. This greed and zealous was stirring in their hearts. We see this similar going on today in the media. 
Many people wanting to create huge platforms of followers. They're called influencers. And this has become a title for people who have thousands of followers on social media, influencing them to do as they do or think the way they think. And sometimes the behaviors they promote aren't very consequential. You know, they might try to get you to buy certain products or wear certain clothes. That's no big deal. But other influencers will try to change your ideology and your worldview. And this can have tremendous consequences for better or for worse, especially for young Christians or new followers of Jesus who are more impressionable. Or if they are coming up as teachers and they're feeling they just want to have that platform to be noticed, to be seen. But James isn't giving this warning to be fearful, but to be reverent. The words one speak as a teacher will be greatly weighed, for we are accountable for what we say, especially as teachers and leaders. Unfortunately, we all know, regardless of our profession, how hard it can be to keep our mouths under control. Have you ever said something that you regretted? A tongue-in-cheek experience? Perhaps a time when you know you should have bit your tongue? Those words have a whole different meaning when you read James chapter 3. And the difficulty of controlling the tongue is one we all stumble in. And James recognizes this. If you were to go back to chapter 1, when James talks about the things that test us, challenge us, he says in the very beginning, my brothers and sisters, think of the various tests you encounter as occasions for joy. After all, you know that testing your faith produces endurance. Let this endurance complete its work so that you may be fully mature, complete, and lacking in nothing. James identifies these areas of struggle, words, and status before God and others. And as leaders and teachers and followers of Christ, if these displays are causing dissension and division, it's going to have a huge impact of hindering not only the person, but the growth and progress God intends for the entire community and congregation. James's letter also referenced back in chapter 1 at the end of it, if those who claim devotion to God don't control what they say, they mislead themselves. I would also add they mislead others. So it is by no surprise that James argued that our tongues are the body part that guides our entire body. And if we are unable to control what comes out of our mouths, imagine how that's going to affect our body as a community or as a family and as a church. And just like the bit and the rudder help steer the horse and the ship, our words, our tongue can give us purpose and meaning, steering us in one direction or another. Our words give us direction, which can be powerful in a good or a negative way. Our words can also set the course and destiny of others' lives. An out-of-control tongue is a terrifying thing. And if your mouth is out of control, it is going to impact every aspect of your life, 
and the lives of those around you. Our words can change a person's life and direction. They change the way you speak and what you say and how you talk, and you can change the direction of your lives. This is power. This is powerful. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Let me explain. If you speak and constantly reflecting negativity, you're simply going to have a negative life. I hate to say that. But how you talk to God, how you talk to yourself, and how you talk to others dramatically influences the course of your life. If you fill your day in life with words that are empty and profane and negative, your life is going to demonstrate that. It's a simple equation. Our brains process what we see, say, and do. And that process can form and be lived out as it goes in. Words are powerful. James said that just one person's mouth can speak words that spread like wildfire. He adds that tongues are restlessly evil and poisonous. And to make matters worse, he said humans can't tame their own tongue. Well, that sounds pretty discouraging. Why even try to watch our mouth if, we can't be, if it can't be done? I mean, after all, we have the freedom to express ourselves, right? Well, there is a responsibility and respect, and that's also listed in the Article 10, to other people when this happens, for very good reason. James says we can tame and already have tamed every kind of animal. This, uh, when I was reading this, this kind of makes me go back, and it makes me think at the beginning of Genesis, where God gave us domain over the animals, from those who crawl to the big ones and to the ones flying above us. We are able to tame these amazing creatures. God gave us power to do that, but the tongue? This small piece of tongue, he says, it's restless, it's full of poison, it's unstable and it's unpredictable and it, it can't be tamed by us. It shoots off remarks and comments faster in texts and tweets before we even realize what was said. Before we know it, our words begin to stain and blemish the page. And as you probably know from doing laundry, some stains are so stubborn that they just can't be removed completely, and the garment is ruined. Once we speak, no matter how hard we try, we can't take a word back. We may be able to fade the stain of our words through apologies and repentance, but sometimes the stain still remains. And once a word leaves our lips, it's tweeted or texted, the damage is done. It's capable of impacting every aspect of our lives and the lives of those around us. And as a community of believers, can you see where this can and has been harmful to the people and to the church? Because of this, we need to ask ourselves a few questions. Who's holding the reins? Who's at the helm? You guys heard people say, Jesus, take the wheel of the song, right? 
or the rains? <laughs> well, that is the answer here. For on our own, we all struggle with what comes out or what we want to come out of our mouths. And in order for us to be able to control our tongues, we need someone to help us and guide us. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to hold our tongues at times. Because words just don't impact individuals. They also shape communities. Words are infectious and contagious, and the words we speak each day may be the biggest determiner of the communities we're trying to cultivate. Words have the power to yield life-giving unity or life-taking division. I also kind of, at this time, kind of think of us as parents and grandparents and the weight of our words can have on our children. What we say in a word can either build them up or it can deflate them very quickly and have everlasting consequences on them. And as one of your pastors, <laughs> this is scary. And yet God has called me, he's called us to this. And I know the far-reaching impact of my words and of my colleagues. What we say during particular times can either be uplifting or they can weigh heavy on people's souls. Words are powerful, right? But our tongues can also be inconsistent. It says in James 9 and 10, With it we both bless the Lord and Father and curse human beings made in God's likeness. Blessing and cursing come from the same mouth. My brothers and sisters, it just shouldn't be this way. That's from James. <laughs> James calls out the hypocrisy of doing this. A huge disconnect between our worship to God and the way we speak of the people of God has made. And James illustrates to us, it is inconsistent to have fresh water and salt water come out of the same spring. And figs produce olives. And as figs hanging off a grapevine, it doesn't change their true identity. And this is not what is cultivated as good. If we produce selfish ambition and quarrels and pride and unwholesome talk, we produce what is not naturally good from God. We produce what the world would have us to say and not do and not what God has us to say and do. For we, too, can be easily cultivated by outside sources and social media and political sides and work atmosphere and so much more, fill in the blank. And this gets inside and it begins to change our hearts and, and the mouth exposes what is really and truly upon our hearts. What do we do? It's not enough to refuse to talk. Can't go around keeping our mouths quiet all the time. Or not go to work or avoid all social media at all times. And it's not helpful to go around ignoring what is also coming out of our mouths. We have to deal with the source of our words and kind of where that's coming from, our heart. It's a time to reflect, a time to keep ourselves accountable and again, it may be hopeless for us on our own, but remember that everything is possible with God. Amen? 
Paul wrote in Romans chapter 6, verses 12 through 14. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passion. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under the law, but under grace. This is the word of the Lord. It's by the grace of God and the Holy Spirit, our hearts can be examined and they can be changed. And this is great news. Because words have power to cultivate and change a community, remember? But I guarantee you, when you come before God and say, I do, that is ultimately going to change your life. And when you're before a judge, perhaps, and he says, you're not guilty, that changes everything. Or when your doctor says, you're cancer-free, that changes the course of your life as well. And when you hear, you are strong, you are good, you matter, you speak words of affirmation into a child's life or an adult's confidence and assurance. And by the grace of God, our lives can produce positive, encouraging, life-giving words. For our tongues don't have to be a tool of the enemy, but can instead be used by God for good. In verse 8, when James is talking about taming the animals, he uses a present tense and a past tense can tame, already have tamed. James also tells us the taming of the tongue is something only God can do. Our profession of faith is not enough. We need to come before God and lay it at his feet. We need to allow the spirit to work within us, to change us and to cultivate us. Let the spirit do that. For what is going on in our hearts has already been tamed by the power of Jesus. And therefore, it can be tamed now by his grace. This time, I invite the worship team to, to come forward. God spoke the world into existence by his words. And Jesus set the example of speech and tongue and Jesus repeatedly said that his words come directly from God. My teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. The one who sent me is true, and I declare to the world that I have heard from him. The word you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. Jesus spoke in words that drew the attention of his listeners. He spoke with authority in the temple. He spoke to the winds and the waves and calmed them. Jesus used his words to bring comfort and healing. Jesus used his words to bring life into the dead. And today, perhaps we need to evaluate our hearts based on what comes from our mouths. To see the area that causes sin and destructions to ourselves and others is how and what we speak a representation of our Lord and Savior are we cultivating a thriving community, a thriving family, a thriving lifestyle? 
the worship team's going to be playing. And if you want to come forward to these altars and to seek the presence of the Holy Spirit to move within you, I encourage you to do so. Pastors Trent and Val can come alongside you and they can pray over you. And if you want to stay in your seat and meet one-on-one with our Savior, you can do that as well. But let's spread words that warm hearts instead of hurting them and build up God's people instead of destroying them. Let's worship. Mm. Father God, you, (laughs) you, Lord, can stir within us things perhaps that we have not seen or taken notice of. Lord, may we not be ones to want to take a position when our hearts are not in the right place. But Lord, we want to be those who can share what you have given us and the joy and the laughter and the love, Lord, that you have poured upon us. Lord, help us to be those people who can share that good news and can to speak words of affirmation and and good things to build others up and not to tear them down. Lord, stretch us and challenge us. In your name we pray, amen. As our reminder and tradition, we tend to stand for the benediction, so if you are able and willing, if you would please stand with your palms out to receive. May we keep our words accountable Speak from God in powerful ways and not be inconsistent for others to see God's beauty. May it not be so with you. Go from this place. Amen. Thanks for joining us today on the Mountain Home Church the Nazarene podcast. Don't forget to visit us at mhnazarene.org connect if you'd like to connect with us and have a great week.